G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our guest is an especially gifted man known as the Story Catcher with the idea of catching and telling God's story and our story. He says the heart of God's story is the story of God's heart. As you may know, oral biblical storytelling has always been a core activity throughout the history of the church. Well, it is an amazing skill to have and one we should all aspire to improving. Not all of us are great readers. Many of us are oral learners. So stories are an important way of understanding truth. Well, our special guest today is Jeff Lawrence. Now, Jeff is called the story catcher. He's a gifted storyteller in demand for seminars, conferences and retreats, especially on areas like prayer and the spiritual journey. So a special welcome along to 2020 to you, Jeff Lawrence. Good morning. It's great to be here. Jeff, when we talk about storytelling, there are lots of people who are gifted storytellers, but you've made biblical storytelling something of an art form. What's so special about this art form of biblical storytelling? It seems to be the way that God has always gone about relating with his people, relating with his friends, with his loved ones. And indeed, when God called Israel out of Egypt and gave them all, here are these rituals, here's the law, here's the covenant, and he said, in years to come, when they turn around and say to you, when your child turns around and says to you, What's the meaning of all this? And God's answer was, once we were slaves in Egypt. We were slaves of Pharaoh and God set us free. Once upon a time, we were slaves. So God says, tell the story. He doesn't say, here's the theology, here's the scriptural exegesis. He says, here's the story. And then when they turned to Jesus once and said, why are you eating with sinners? He didn't give them a theological lesson. He said, well, there was a woman. She she lost a coin. There there was a man. He lost a sheep. And there was a father, and he lost his son. And this is the story of how he came home. So all throughout scriptures, there's this wonderful story of how God lamented that day when in the garden we lost our home. We turned away from our home. And ever since then, God has wandered the face of the earth calling out to us, come home, and giving us this story that would be deep within us. So I guess that's why I do it. Just God is this storyteller telling the story of divine love and divine creativity and inviting us to do the same. You know, I think lots of us can tell some of those Bible stories because we've perhaps heard them so often. Uh, that they are a part of who we are, but the skill that we perhaps sometimes lack is this discernment as to know when to tell the right story at the right time. And you've got this skill that you've been teaching people about. Uh, What about this whole idea of 
you might know the stories, but delivering them in the right way at the right time for maximum effect. Uh, how do you reflect on that, Jeff? God invited us to pray for wisdom. Seek wisdom, and it's a way of seeking wisdom. Lord, let me know what's what's the right thing to do. And the ministry of biblical storytelling, in a sense, if you're looking at how does God go about doing it, the ministry of biblical storytelling is this ministry of the person of God, the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was with us and said, look, I'm going. Now, that's good news because someone special is coming. And there's someone special Jesus described as an advocate, as a witness, and he'll remind you. So it's a case of saying, Lord God, Holy Spirit, tell me your story. Let me hear your story deep within. Now, I've got to tell you, um, there's a health warning that goes with this, because if you say to God, tell me your story, then God will, and it will change your life forever. So the simple answer is, uh, pray to God, give me wisdom. And God, who is full of faithful, loving kindness, will. And then it's a case of trusting. But then you get some good friends around you who can say, you know what, Jeff, maybe you could have done this Maybe you could have done that. Do you know when you did that? And so biblical storytelling is not a isolated ministry of an individual. It's the ministry of the body of Christ. So if you're going to be a biblical storyteller, if you're going to profess to tell God's story, you need to be rooted in the body of Christ. As I say, if I'm going to speak with authority as a biblical storyteller, I need to come within the authority of the body of Christ. And as a member of the body of Christ, I can tell Christ's story. So there's an accountability oh, yeah. in there. Oh, yes. So if someone says, hey, Jeff, I loved you telling that story, but you know you missed the mark on this particular section, mm, yeah. uh, you take notice of that. And uh, you submit yourself to perhaps a mentor. Yes. And I, I know that you actually are a mentor to others. So this idea of knowing how to relate to someone who is your own mentor, someone you can submit to, take direction from, uh, that's an important part of actually uh, being a mentor to others so that they're learning those same skills as well. It's part of being the body of Christ. And when we're in ministry, either as a preacher, a teacher, a pastor, a spiritual director, biblical storyteller, uh, we're doing it for the body of Christ under the authority of Christ. So, yes, it, it, it comes with that. And therein is its power as well, uh, because it's this is not my ministry. This is God's story, and God's the storyteller. And you don't need to embellish the stories, no. because there's temptation, isn't there, that, you know, if you're talking about... Uh, you know, perhaps uh, stories of Jesus' day-to-day life uh, that somehow or other uh, there might be something more exciting if you put a sci-fi twist on it <laughs> that somehow or other it'll become a better story. You don't have to embellish the stories. In fact, the stories are already really so, so powerful. Well, they are. In, in the church, we profess that God's Word is alive and active. The question is, do we really believe that? And I have to say, a lot of churches... Uh, you wonder whether they really, really believe it because they've got to give so much teaching on it. People say to me, oh, you're bringing the stories to life. And I say, no, 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 no. I, I'm not that foolish to th- presume that I can say to God, you know, I can bring your story to life. There's life in the story. And all I have to do is to get out of the way 
and allow God to be fully alive and fully active in the story. And then when it's told from the heart, it's not a memorization activity, but when I allow this story to sink down deep in my heart and become my story in God, then it has power. Well, I'm going to ask you to tell a story in a few moments. But before we do hear uh, you telling us a story, uh, a Bible story we're going to be hearing, when we talk about those Bible stories, there's a temptation in our very sort of secularized way of thinking that says one story is the same as any other. But in the Bible, the stories that we read are stories that are, and we would say this is the revelation from God. Uh, he is speaking to us about our own humanity, about his divinity, about his salvation. So we're hearing something from God. So these stories are not the same as someone who's written a novel, not the same as some journalist who's written a very clever article. These are Bible stories, and they have power because they are Bible stories that are inspired by God. How do you reflect on just the significance of the stories that we read in the Bible? This is, this is God's story. So whenever I'm telling a story, as I was preparing for this interview this morning, that I'm saying, Lord, let it not be my thoughts, but your thoughts. Let it not be my passion, but your passion. Not my way, Lord, but yours. Let them hear your story and not mine. Now, it's true, God is going to, if you like, flavor or color God's story through my own personality and my own experience, but that's God's business. But yes, this is God's story. So, Lord, as John said, Lord, let me decrease. Let me decrease in this telling of the story that you might increase. Or as Peter said, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. Uh, I, I'm not worthy to tell your story. And God says, yeah, well, I know that, but my, I'll be with you and together uh, we'll do this. So, yes, it, it's sacred storytelling. And therefore, we have to go about not just telling stories, but we have to go about looking at living a sacred life so that, I mean, I, I did a master's degree uh, in storytelling. Yep. And the title of the, of the thesis was, what must I do to be a sacred storyteller more so than a teller of sacred stories? So it's about the sacred, the storyteller becoming sacred, and out of this sacred vessel, God can do a sacred work. Well, I know that there'll be a lot of listeners who hang on every word as you prepare to tell us a story in just a moment. Uh, this idea of learning to do this, as as you say, getting the sacredness in context and, uh, you know, to be able to tell God's story in a way that reflects his glory, uh, that'll be an important element. So uh, you must have lots of favorites, Jeff, but uh, you've prepared today. And as you said, you know, you've been discerning and prayerful and what shall I deliver? Uh, what sort of story have you got for uh, for listeners today that uh, that might just reflect these sorts of things that we're talking about? Well, I'm going to tell a story in character I was invited to tell a gospel story based on this passage of uh, you know, from the Gospels. And as I prayed today, I said, Lord, what's the story for today? This is the story. Now, I'm telling this story in character, so it's not exactly word for word as in the Scripture. It's more like, I wonder what story so-and-so would tell 
if he was here. So yep. oh, we're ready. Do we need to get into character? Do we need to imagine you wearing any special costume? <laughs> All you need to perhaps imagine is maybe that uh, you're in a home church in Galilee around the year 60 or 70. All right. Brothers and sisters, have you ever had that experience that when someone said something to you, you just couldn't get the words out of your head? Well, that happened to me. I was a rabbi in the Decapolis. That's that region sort of the west, uh, east, east of the Sea of Galilee, uh, where the Romans had set up a sort of like a Rome away from Rome, if you like, where we Jews weren't particularly welcome. In our town, there was a young man who had been born deaf and dumb. Reuben was his name. One day I had to go down to the Sea of Galilee and there was a, a peasant preacher down there preaching away about the kingdom of God and he was saying some stuff that just seemed so well, so crazy, really, that you know the kingdom of God was like a mustard seed. Well, we knew that when God restored the kingdom of Israel that there would be the might and the power and the glory of God and our armies would be invincible. And this man was proclaiming that the kingdom of God would be like a mustard seed, and he was just going around and, and preaching and sharing with people of coming home to God. And then he said these words that as soon as I heard them, they sunk deep down in my heart and I just couldn't get them out of my head or my heart. Let he who has ears to hear listen. Well, it was sometime after this that Jesus was coming uh, back to Galilee from Sidon and he came by way of, of the Decapolis. And when he came through the town, well, all the people brought young Reuben, who'd been born deaf and dumb, to Jesus that, that he might, might, might heal him. Two miracles happened that day, my brothers and sisters. Now, I know you know the, uh, the one I'm about to tell you, but there was, there was a second one. As I said, I was the rabbi in the town. I could preach God's law. And I could enforce God's law. We knew that if Israel was to be saved, we would have to make sure that everybody obeyed the law to the very last dot and the very last tittle. And that if the kingdom of God was to be restored, we would have to remove from our midst all those who were troublemakers and who weren't obeying the law. People a bit like this rabbi who was breaking the Sabbath, healing people on the Sabbath, and just inviting all the sinners, the publicans, the prostitutes, all the drunkards to come in and told them they could find their way home to the kingdom of God. Well, anyway, when Jesus came to the town and they brought young Reuben to him, asking, would he heal him? Well, Jesus took him aside, I guess just to be a bit private, and he put his finger into his ear and he touched his tongue and placed the spittle on young Reuben's mouth. And immediately, Reuben could hear and speak. That was the first miracle that happened that day. But the second miracle, that day I too learned how to speak, and I too learned how to hear. I mean, I could listen to, to the Torah, but I couldn't hear the cry of the sound of the poor. I, I couldn't hear the cry of the lame and the weak. That day, God opened my ears. And yet I could proclaim the Torah. I could proclaim the law. But I couldn't speak a word of love. And I couldn't speak a word of life. And I couldn't speak a word of comfort. And that day, God touched my heart and my lips and freed. That day, 
I could hear the cry of the poor. I could hear the heart of God. That day, I too learned how to speak the word of God's faithful loving kindness that could heal a soul and, and save a lost one and bring him home. Well, I think we're all experiencing that new capacity today to be able to hear and how to speak. Well, we're hearing about biblical storytelling. Our special guest is Jeff Lawrence. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Jeff Lawrence is our guest. He's the story catcher. We're talking about biblical storytelling. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Leave a note too on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Jeff, let's take a call and hear from Erica in Queensland. Hello, Erica. Welcome along. Thank you. Your story was a testimonial and it pointed to Christ and that's probably the crux of the matter. It's God's heart, as you said, um, being demonstrated to everyone and you mentioned it was personal. Now, um, my husband is a preacher and he insists on having stories. Of course, these stories wouldn't be from Jesus' time and... um, I am against them because I think that they just waste time and so often when I speak to some of the congregation, they only remember the story and wasn't that a beautiful orange and it was all round or whatever the story was about and they have completely missed God's story, God's heart and how to appropriate it and Jesus still had to explain his stories to his disciples. And I think that stories can distract from the Bible. And the last point is that I think stories are cultural um, because I come from Europe, especially Germany, Hungary, Russia. Those Christians are really interested in being taught. Don't give me stories. Just give me what's the Bible say. They're eager to learn, learn, learn. And the non-Christians too. Erica, you are making some uh, pretty amazing points here and uh, ones that might need some clarification too because uh, I'll get your thoughts here, Jeff, but this idea of preachers telling stories that are not Bible stories, do they have less value than actually telling the scriptural story? Uh, Let's get your thoughts for Erica on that particular point. My first, as a biblical storyteller, my first preference would be to listen for a biblical story. Or perhaps what I'd rather say is listen for for God's story. What we're trying to do, whether we're preaching, doing storytelling, is to introduce someone to the person of God in the person of Christ. And so we want to tell people God's stories so that they have this personal engagement with God. But as Paul told us in Romans, uh, when he was saying to the people, look, uh, you should have known God because God's been there to see in God's creation. Uh, God is all around you. You should be able to see and find God just by opening your eyes and ears. In other words, people have this capacity to search for God. And perhaps in some cultures when they've been searching, um, they've told stories of, of the divine. 
of God. And so, yes, I think some of these can be helpful, but if I was in church, I, I'd probably be looking to tell a biblical story. I think what we need to remember is that when we left God in the garden, instead of eating from the tree of eternal life that we could have, we decided we'd eat from the tree of knowledge. And our Bible story tells us that we knew God so intimately and so well, we were naked, we felt no shame, no vulnerability, and we knew God, this person of God, so intimately that we could recognize God's footsteps in the grass. And instead, uh, we sought after knowledge. And Paul then comes and says, at the end of the time, all our, no- all our knowledge, everything will pass away, and guess what will happen? We will know God as fully as we are known. I think sometimes uh, we look more for meaning than we do for this intimate personal relationship with God. And for a lot of people, especially people outside the church, they're not so much interested in our theology and our doctrine and our teaching. They want to know Jesus. It's a bit like when the Greeks came to the apostles, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Uh, Well, there was another point too uh, that Erica was making, and Erica, that was along the lines of a lot of the stories that do get told are culturally appropriate stories. So the additional stories that we'd tell to Bible stories, and perhaps they are testimonies, but perhaps they are appropriate culturally, and uh, there's lots of different cultures around the world, uh, some of those sorts of uh, issues come into play. Uh, your thoughts on, on the value of other stories that are cultural stories, Jeff? Well, I guess you've got to tell the story within, within your culture. I mean, my wife is German, and I have German, uh, or I had German mother-in-law and father-in-law, so I, I know that different culture, and me being a larrikin from Bankstown and my Bankstown sense of humour, there was quite a difference. So, yes, I think uh, it's a case of uh, what is an appropriate story. I think listening to your previous uh, speaker, he was talking about how uh, through the Wesleyan Methodist was looking at restoring the country, the culture. So it's not just about telling God's story to an individual, that the individual gets saved, but that it's about our story, our story of Australia, our story of Germany, our story of. So yes, uh, you tell stories that are culturally uh, appropriate um, and you perhaps wouldn't tell stories from quite a different culture. And of course, uh, Erica, still on the line, Erica, sometimes the stories that people tell are testimony stories. I sometimes like to reflect on the idea if someone tells a testimony of the supernatural power of God in their life today, this is actually an affirmation of those stories that we would read and hear from the New Testament. Uh, so, Erica, did uh, did you get a, an appropriate response there from Jeff? Oh, look, thank you for letting me take the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Erica, really appreciate you calling in. We're going to continue to take some calls, uh, just a minute and a half out from news. Let's take a quick call uh, from, is it Miss Spencer in Northam in WA? Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well. Need to be very quick. Yes. Oh, look, I'm a retired deputy principal and literature and storytelling is still my passion and my question is um, would the speaker consider 
doing a set of storytelling biblical stories on CD. Let's ask Jeff, do you might already have some recordings? I have some. Yes, I would like to. It's something I've been tardy about, so thank you for pricking my conscience and encouraging me to do it again. Yes, I would love to. And thank you so much to Miss Spencer from Northam in WA. And let me just say that Jeff is uh, in demand for seminars and conferences and retreats. There is a website you can make contact with him, thestorycatcher.com.au. Jeff, before we take some more calls and uh, our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316 or leave a note on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Let me ask you, as a storyteller, you've had to nurture a gift of being able to listen to the people who'll hear your stories. The art of listening is as much as part of the art of storytelling as uh, delivering the actual story. Uh, What are your thoughts on listening? If I was to tell your story, Neil, the first thing I'd have to do would be to say to you, Neil, please tell me your story. And then I'd have to respectfully and attentively listen. And if I'm going to tell God's story, the first thing I need to do is to say to God, God, please tell me your story. And then to be quiet in my head and in my heart long enough for that story to seep in. I like the quote of Alan Alder, the actor, who said, to listen is to allow yourself to be changed by the other. To listen is to allow the other in. And so when we're listening, it's uh, this thing of letting God in and letting God change. The great commandment starts off with, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. And Jesus in his ministry kept saying, listen. So it's that case of approaching a story, and I can approach a biblical story, one that I know, and know a lot, but saying to God, Lord, tell me the story out of this rather than presuming that I know the story and that I know what it means. And so as a listener, you're listening for some elements in your audience, whether it's a single person or whether it's perhaps a group or a church, Uh, You're listening for the sorts of things that might just uh, strike a chord with you as to this appears to be the need. And then as you choose the story that you're going to tell, uh, then you recognize that God, God the Holy Spirit, uh, is in fact speaking to the people who will hear your story and even hearing the story in different ways in different people. How do you describe the way God works with this storytelling? God knows what's in their heart. So when I'm coming to a church or a retreat and they say, Jeff, come and tell a story, then I'm saying, Lord, what are you doing with these people at the moment and what story do you want me to tell? And then I sit with that and and listen. And I'm not so much concerned about what are the results. I see this ministry very much as being that of sowing seeds, sowing seeds of faith and hope and grace and love. I'm not responsible for the story. I am responsible for what I do with it, but God's responsible for the story and what God does in the hearts of other people. So I've just learned over the years that if I approach this storytelling with a listening heart, with a contrite heart, 
and with a just to put faith in God that God does things. A bit like I was saying to you before that story of the young man Reuben being healed. When I first told that, I was invited to tell it in a church, and I thought because there's rabbi would know who the young man was, he'd have a name. And every time I sat with this story and prayed about the story, the young man's name was Reuben. I didn't know why, but, but that was just the right name. Well, when I finished telling that story in the church, this couple who were about in their early 30s walked towards me with a, a newborn babe in their arms, and their faces were glowing and a little bit teary. And they said they had been longing and longing and praying for a child. And God had just given them this child, this newborn child. And do you want to know what the child's name was? Reuben. And I don't know what they heard in the story about the message that was in the story, but I know what they heard. God saying, this is my gift. This is my son. This is my child. And I didn't know that, but it was just that uh, listening. So, yes, Lord, tell me a story. I know I've read this story countless times before. But teach me the story. Jeff, I'm going to ask you to tell us another story in just a few moments. But this time, I wonder whether before we tell a story, you might like to share how you use the scriptures and then develop the story for your own way of telling that. Because as you say, it's not like reading the passage word for word out of the scriptures. You've actually formulated a story that you are delivering. So you're delivering the story, but it's not uh, something that you've memorized from a script. Uh, So when you go to develop this sort of story, and everyone's thinking right now, how do I get this storytelling skill and how do I hone my ability to be able to tell these sorts of stories the way Jeff does? Uh, What's your advice for people in in getting these things together, for preparing for telling your own story? Two things there. Firstly, I do tell lots of the scripture as we have it in the, in the gospel. So I tell all of Matthew's passion, chapter 26, 27, 28, just as we have it in, in the scriptures. I tell all of Luke's infancy narrative, uh, chapters one and two, as we have it in the scriptures. When I tell stories in character, that's a little bit, um, different. And perhaps we might just, the second part of your question is, When I got invited to be a biblical storyteller, I saw someone doing it, and I simply said to them, that's wonderful. That is just so wonderful. And he said to me, why don't you do it? And it was like God saying, this is what I've been calling you for. This is what I've been training you for. I'd never been in acting. I'd never been in theater. I'd never studied drama. I had never done any of that. God just took the natural gifts that I had and used it. We're all storytellers. Uh, we did it at Father's Day. We did it at Christmas. We do it at Easter. When all the family gathers together, we all just tell stories of the family. All I'm doing is telling the story of my brother Matthew, my brother John, my brother Elijah, my sister Deborah, my sister Mary, my brother Jesus. I'm telling the story of my sacred family. You raise an important point, though, because if you were going to recognize that you had this gift of storytelling, if you had been 
in the school play or in the church production, if you had some sort of connection, uh, perhaps studied some drama, theatre, uh, you mentioned uh, that there are people who are trained in these things. And usually because people are gifted or they have a passion for those things, that they might pursue that level of training. Would that be a little bit of a hint, a bit of an indicator that, yes, you're likely to be the sort of person who could do really fabulous biblical storytelling? So there's two things there. There's the craft, and I do a lot of work at developing the craft of being a storyteller. So it's having those good skills of good timing, good pace, learning the words, and when I'm doing it in front of a church, the gestures and all the rest of it. So there are those skills, just like if you learn anything from cooking to tatting to woodworking, you've got to learn the skills and get them right. But this is sacred storytelling, and so now it's not just being a good actor, it's entering into the heart of God and allowing this skill that might mean I could be a Hollywood actor, but now taking this skill that says I can be a sacred minister. And I guess from hearing that, the sorts of stories that you might learn to tell are going to be those stories that are meaningful to you from the Scriptures. Now, there's lots of stories. Go through the Gospels, uh, through the Epistles, uh, all of those Old Testament stories. So, I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, You might say, which one am I going to choose? And uh, for different people, uh, different horses for different courses, uh, people are touched by different stories. So the ones that you might choose are the ones that really do strike a chord with you. Uh, Would that be the way you'd think about that? You can fall into, and I'm trying not to say that trap, but you can fall into just telling the stories that you like that agree with your own theology or or your own feelings. But if we're called to this ministry, uh, whether as a preacher or a teacher, you just don't preach on the stuff you like. It's, Lord, what story do you want to tell? And it is going to some of those difficult stories in, in the scriptures or, you know, ones that are, that are a bit tough. So we'd had a Wycliffe uh, biblical storytellers gathering a while back and we were telling all of the Elijah and the Elisha saga. And I had a few parts out of There's some parts in the Elijah and Elisha saga that, that are a bit tough. Learning those stories and letting them sink down into, into your heart, that's part of the journey. Um, well, Jeff, you've got another story that you'd like to tell for us today. Let's make this opportunity here. Uh, if you had set this story up, uh, how does this story uh, introduce? Uh, what's the importance of the story you want to tell? I'm going to tell uh, just part of the scriptures that we have. And I, I like telling this story because we usually just see it as a piece of theology. We usually approach John or Paul as theologians, forgetting that they were friends of Jesus and that they're pastors. So I'd like to tell a story that we often use or tell a passage of the scriptures we often use, but more as a theological statement rather than a story. So I'll slip into the character of John the Apostle and we will... Tell just this part of it, and you'll soon pick up we're telling the beginning of John's gospel. Okay, let's put ourselves in the first century and listen to this. This is Jeff Lawrence. I guess the context would be perhaps uh, John is again at a house church, this time with a whole lot of Gentiles. 
Sisters and brothers, thank you for welcoming me here to share with you this evening and to tell you a bit about the life of Jesus. Now, I can see that none of you are, are, are Jews, but you're Gentiles from, from all over, but you've come to hear the good news of Jesus. And you've asked me to tell you a little bit about what he's like. Now, what, what could I say to you? What could I share with you that would help you to get a sense of what Jesus is like? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things came to be. Not one thing had its being but through him and all that came to be had life in him and that life was the life and that life was the light of all humanity, a light that shines in the dark, a light the darkness could not overcome. A man came sent by God, his name was John. He came as a witness, as a witness to speak for the light so that everyone might believe through him. Ah, he was not the light. He came only as a witness to speak for the light. For the word was the true light that enlightens all humanity and he was coming into the world. He was in the world that had his being through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own people and his own people did not accept him. But, but to all who did accept him, he gave power. Power to become the children of God to all who believe in the name of him, who were not born out of human stock or urge of the flesh or the will of man, but were born of God himself. And the word became flesh. He lived among us, and we saw his glory. The glory that was his as the only son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John appears as his witness and proclaims, This is the one. This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me since he existed before me. And indeed, from his forms we have, yes, just received just one blessing on top of another. Since, though the law was given through Moses, grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, my brothers and sisters, no one has ever seen God. It is the only Son who has seen him and has made him known, has made him known to us, to each and every one of us. It's one of those wow moments because the way you deliver that biblical truth, uh, and it's not just the words, it's this empathy, it's this wonderful way you deliver this story, which is so, so powerful. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 
What an absolute privilege to be able to bring to us today a true biblical storyteller. He's known as the story catcher, Jeff Lawrence. And Jeff, only a few minutes left in our conversation, but just to reflect on just how powerful it is when you begin to put the scripture into your own storytelling ability, because these stories are never outdated. They are not something that is 2,000 years old. These stories are as current and as meaningful as they have ever been, and uh, very, very powerful when you start to deliver them in the context of where your own heart is before God. The stories might be 2,000 years old, but the God of the story is not. The God of the story is alive and active and present with us right now. So what we're doing is we're tapping back into these stories that we have recorded in the scriptures of the God who is alive and active, who is present with me here and now. As John said, this God who's been made known to us, we're telling the story of the God who is with us, which is why also our personal testimonies uh, are also an important part of this as my story and our story becomes connected with God's story. And when that happens, there's revelation. When that happens, there's healing. Uh, When that happens, the light overcomes the darkness. I know there will be some who are asking, is Jeff prepared to travel to speak at my church or uh, my men's group or my uh, youth camp? Uh, Do you travel distance? You're based in uh, north side of Brisbane in Queensland. Uh, You often would no doubt get invitations to speak at various places. Yes. uh, Next year I'm going down to Canberra and I've been in Queensland. I've been down to Sydney and done retreats and storytelling down there and I've been to Longreach and to Macau and uh, Gundawindi so yes if I can share God's story uh, I'll go and no doubt uh, if the invitation came for you to visit somewhere even further afield uh, you no doubt would consider that Uh, let me give you the website for making contact with our special guest today his name is Jeff Lawrence his website is thestorycatcher.com.au and he did share with me at the beginning of our conversation uh, before we even started. He said, uh, my website's not fabulous. It could do with a fair bit of work. And, you know, I don't, I don't know whether we could mention it, but uh, if there was someone who could help out with a website developing it, because if you can hear the potential for what could happen uh, with a, a wonderfully developed modern website, uh, you can imagine that could be helpful. So there might be someone listening in today, Jeff, who just has that skill and would like to offer that to you. Uh, let me just uh, ask that person who is listening uh, to make contact with you on the website at thestorycatcher.com.au, because no doubt uh, you've got something which is really special, which needs to be promoted, enlarged, and uh, the opportunities, no doubt, will come for you to be able to mentor others in the sorts of things that you do. That would be a blessing. So thank you so much for taking some time today uh, to come in, and uh, thanks so much for your humility, your ability to share these things from the Scriptures and to keep the focus without being distracted by sorts of other things that can be distractions. Uh, Jeff Lawrence, thestorycatcher.com.au. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. Thank you. It's been a blessing. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.